This past Sunday we heard this passage from Isaiah chapter 40. It's the beginning of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah can kind of be broken up roughly into three sections. And this passage here from Isaiah 40 begins that the second section of Isaiah. It's a very important passage. It's cited quite frequently in the New Testament, and we heard it this past Sunday with John the Baptist. Uh, in connection with John the Baptist, every mountain shall be leveled, every um, every valley shall be filled up, and a highway for God will be made. What's going on here? Well, if you put it in uh, historical context, it, it makes sense of the passage a little bit uh, a little bit better. So it, we have to go back to about 500 or so BC, 500 years before Christ, and the Israelites had been led away captive to Babylon. And what's going on here is uh, pr- probably the most primary memory, collective memory of Israel was of their liberation from Egypt, God leading them out of Egypt through the desert. Okay, so the desert becomes this place of freedom, actually. Um, well, so also in the Babylonian captivity, there's going to be a new exodus. Except they're not going to be led out of Egypt, they're going to be led out of Babylon. And uh, as it was, though, with the first exodus, the desert is going to be this, this place of liberation, of freedom. And so uh, they're going to travel from Babylon back to the Promised Land, back to Israel. So this is why there's this whole thing of, you know, raise up the valleys, level the hills, make a highway straight from Babylon to Israel. Here comes the Israelites, they're coming. And God is going to be leading them to freedom from Babylon to, to Israel, just like he did from Egypt to Israel. And he leads them like a shepherd. Okay, so he's likened to a shepherd, it says right there. Like a shepherd, he feeds his flock in his arms. He gathers the lambs, carrying them in his bosom and leading the ewes with care. So he's got some of the some of the flock he's got to carry in his arms. That's how weak they are and how disabled. And then others he's leading behind. Okay, and they're all uh, in need of guidance from the shepherd. And then our gospel passage is the fulfillment, in a certain sense, of this, where Christ gives this parable about leaving the ninety-nine sheep and going after the lost, the one lost sheep. The implication here is that Jesus Himself is the good shepherd. And he has such a care for us as an individual that he goes after each one of us personally, individually. He knows all the problems that we're facing and the different sins that we've committed. And he's personally invested in our salvation and leading us out of the slavery of the Babylonian or Egyptian slavery of our sins and into the freedom of, of his forgiveness and his love. It's interesting, though, because this passage from Isaiah begins with this phrase, which I've thought about a lot for, a couple, for over the course of a few years. Um, it says, Comfort, give comfort to my people, speak tenderly to Jerusalem, uh, proclaim to her that her service, her slavery, has come to an end, and her guilt has been atoned for or expiated. Indeed, she has received from the hand of the Lord double for all her sins. Double. It's kind of interesting. Why, why double? What's the sense of that? I, I think there's two things going on here. If she were to receive equal uh, or just or uh, you know a single basically recompense for her sins, it means that she's she's paid up what she owes. But if she receives double, 
Meaning like, okay, so she pays what she owes, and then she's got to pay even more. Okay? And I think in our lives, we experience both. Okay, so bad things happen to us, and we go through suffering and whatnot, sometimes as a result of our sins. And so we're basically expiating our sins if we would only fully acknowledge that and embrace that. Okay? So when suffering comes into our life, we can say, God, if this is a consequence of my sins, then please accept my acceptance of it as atonement, as expiation. Okay? Of course, ultimately realized through the atonement that Christ made for us, but we kind of piggyback, our atonement piggybacks off of Christ's atonement. Um, but then there's sometimes suffering that comes into our life and we don't deserve it. It's not payback for our sins. Nonetheless, God still permits that kind of suffering in our life. And so also what we can do is embrace that, and then that becomes not a payback for our, a paying off of our debts, but it becomes something to our credit. Okay, it becomes meritorious. It's pain to pain ahead <laughs> to the future, so to speak. Okay, so we've got we've got embracing suffering for the sake of expiating our sins, then embracing suffering for the sake of growing in merit before God's eyes for a, for a reward in the future. And God is just; He will reward us in the future. Today, throughout the diocese, we're going to be celebrating the sacrament of reconciliation in a in a, in a special way here, and of course we see all the things that we're talking about in our scriptures realized in a very, very special way in the sacrament of reconciliation. The fact that God takes such individual, personalized care for us on a person-to-person basis, that's what the sacrament of reconciliation is all about. It's about the individual and God, and that individual being reconciled to God. Jesus seeking us. You know, when you have the grace, sometimes we often think... um, you know, like uh, that idea to go to confession, well, that was my idea, you know. Well, it was a gift from God, actually. You can't take a lot of credit for it, okay. It's, it's, we, it's both, but it's, it's a gift from God, and we can't, um, we can't forget that. So that's Jesus seeking us. The fact that we would even have the grace to go to confession is Jesus seeking us, not so much us seeking him, but him seeking us, going after that one lost sheep, taking that personal interest. Um, And so also for our sins, we can make atonement for our sins in the sacrament of reconciliation by uh, embracing the penance that's given to us by the priest, uh, and, and thereby we're... We're, we're paying for our sins, so to speak, uh, but in a redemptive and in a, in a very meaningful way. So today, my brothers and sisters, please uh, take advantage of the Sacrament of Reconciliation and uh, uh, pray for everybody across the diocese, all our brothers and sisters, that this day would be a day of mercy, uh, a day of reconciliation, and, and a day when everybody meets face-to-face that Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ, and is able to hear... Uh, from his lips, comfort, comfort my people.